Hey, fellow Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we have a first-time guest on the podcast, but a longtime Muppet nerd friend of ours, a familiar name in the, the world of, of Tough Pigs and Muppet fandom. Guest, please tell us who you are. Hi, uh, I'm Shane Keating, contributor to ToughPigs.com. Uh, what else? Uh, oh my goodness, I had this all in my head before we started, and I totally well, blanked on what else. You're, you're like one of the main uh, admins at Muppet Wiki. That is, yes, admin on Muppet Wiki. And you created uh, the I, the best video in the history of YouTube, the complete Scooter Fist That is video. true. Yeah. The Muppet video that has ever been made. It's true. The Scooter <laughs> Fist. Yeah well, yeah, we'll link to that one in the show notes for sure. You'd better. I think I told you this, uh, Shane, but a year or so ago, my wife Roz and I and our friend David Bukema, another Tough Pigs pal, and some friends of his were on a Muppet trivia team together here in the Twin Cities. And I suggested Scooter Fist for the name of our team. And the more casual fans didn't know what that meant. So I just sent them your video. And then they were all like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I, I know that thing. I recognize that. So thank you. That's it actually funny. Made, yeah. it, made it much easier. I'm so glad that I, I didn't waste a week of my, my life making something uh, entirely pointless. You know, stuff like that, it might, it'll take you a week when you're working on it, but then once it's done, you're like, oh, that's, yeah, that's worth it, because then it, it exists forever. Right. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm just, I'm glad that it's out there. Right. Yeah. And and we won the trivia contest. Listeners can't see it, but you guys can see the prize behind me, the Great Muppet Caper poster, 24 by 36 oh, yeah. Great Muppet Caper poster. Well, nice. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> And, and listeners also can't see, but I did a scooter fist. I bet the they word could great. deduce that. You gotta do it. Yeah. Well, we're Take very happy the car to have so Shane we here. won't be recognized. All right. Yeah, that's kind of like the quintessential one, isn't it? Yeah, that's it? the classic yeah. one. Yeah. That's yeah. the, the all timer. <laughs> um, Shane is here with us uh, to talk about minutes 37 and 38 of the Muppet Christmas Carol, in which Scrooge watches his young self working too hard, and we meet Scrooge's headmaster. So, uh, we pick up here with Gonzo finishing telling us that Scrooge is looking at a young boy who he knows very well indeed. And the reason he knows this boy so well is that it's himself. It's him. It's Scrooge. Scrooge is looking at Scrooge. It's just like Spider-Man, the Spider-Man pointing me. It's exactly like that. Yeah. (laughs) If only they were pointing at each other. Um, so yes, young Scrooge. I, I think I will refer to the, to all of the, the incarnations of the younger Scrooge in this scene as just young Scrooge to avoid confusion. Scrooge Prime? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> um, he's sitting at a desk. He's writing on his slate, uh, with chalk. These two other boys run past him and warn him that the last coach is leaving if he wants to be home for Christmas. And young Scrooge says, who cares about stupid old Christmas? Now, this kid is not in this movie for very long, but he really makes the most of that line. Like, you can just tell he's he's just dripping with hate for Christmas. It disgusts him. <laughs> so, grown-up Scrooge observes that he was often alone because the Christmas holiday was a good time to get some extra work done. He says, time for solitude. But we see young Scrooge looking around this empty room and... Michael Caine's expression kind of changes. Like he's starting to, th- this is maybe the beginning of the transformation of, of Scrooge. He's beginning to see how sad his life looks from the outside. Now that he is actually looking at his past self. So none of this is in the book. Like oh. <laughs> obviously young Scrooge is in the book. And like what, what Dickens says is at one of these forms, meaning school benches, uh, a lonely boy was reading near a feeble fire, and Scrooge sat down upon a form and wept to see his poor, forgotten self as he used as he had used to be. So, so he sat down upon a form, a form meaning a school bench. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's in there, right? Scrooge sees his young self. Obviously, that's in the book. Right. Famously, that's in the book. But what Dickens talks about is not that Scrooge gets work done. Young Scrooge is not a work boy. Young Scrooge mm. is a nerd who loves to read books. Dickens oh, okay. spends multiple. He's a reading boy. He's a reading boy. He's he's seriously just like he's just like you. He's just like us fellas. Like he's just like 
some nerd who he's loves like, his fantasy stories because he's like Burgess Meredith in that episode of the Twilight Zone. He's exactly like Burgess Meredith in that episode of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Time enough at last. Um, yes. But Dickens spends like over a page having Scrooge be like visualizing the characters that he read about as a kid. Here comes dear old Alibaba. Here comes Valentine and Orson. Here comes Robinson Crusoe and Friday. Um, Valentine and Orson is a was a, a romance that uh, it's about two guys. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not, it's like a romantic epic. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's the one oh. that hasn't stood the test of time. Yeah. I guess. It's, although it had I was thinking... had by then, it's from the 1600s. You know, like it was it was 200 uh, years old already. But I was thinking the pig from uh, Jim Davis's comic strip. Yes, <laughs> from U.S. Acres. Yes, it yeah, was... he could be reading the funny pages. It was... the whole... Or, it was Orson the pig. He was but, reading one of those paperback collections of U.S. Acres. <laughs> big, big U.S. Acres guy. But yeah, so like the idea that Scrooge always only cared about work is a fabrication of this movie. Because in the oh. in the book, he just like he's just like sitting there being like, "Oh, all my favorite guys are on adventures in my books." Hmm. You know, it actually makes more sense this way though for him to be just like this. This guy who was obsessed with working to the at, you know, at the expense of hanging out with friends, whereas you would think that he would have more warmth if he were reading all these books and and I don't know. Like, well, I think maybe. Well, in the book, it like makes him remember like that he should because he spent he spent yeah. all this time reading about all these characters and it made like oh like, like he's he's like whatever happened to that side of me yeah yeah like he's very much like okay. ah yes all my favorite characters who who have i've forgotten over the years you know well did, he had a sister in the original dickens book right yes fan his sister fan named after dickens's own sister fanny by the way yeah um yes so with that element gone maybe they're trying to like compen overcompensate or supplant what's missing with a different sort of Problem or character flaw of his. A yeah, different way to explain yeah. yeah, how he started out on the path of being how he is. That's a very good theory. Yeah, I think that's probably right. The, the other thing that comes up in the book for that is it makes him, seeing his younger self makes him remorseful for threatening the caroler earlier. Oh, like he, it reminds him. Yeah, he said. His young self reminds him of Bean Bunny. Yeah, he says to the ghost, there was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should like to have given him something. That's all. Oh. So well, okay. he gave him something—a a wreath to the head. Right. He actually, he actually <laughs> right. th- threatens him with a ruler in the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was That's a worse. little conversation today on the Tough Pigs forum about uh, the about what we were talking about when Danny Horn was on the podcast a few episodes ago regarding whether or, or how much of the message of this original story is about rich people should give their money away or like that. That's the way to be good so that sort of seems like more evidence of that if he's thinking about like oh i should have given that caroler some money because he's a nice kid right right i don't know yeah it's something i'm going to keep in mind as we go along here and as and as you tell us more about the book anthony my pleasure truly my pleasure (laughs) yeah yeah good i've also by the way i've made a list of several um movies and tv specials based on um, a Christmas Carol that do not involve cartoon characters. Oh, so I'm hoping to get a few of those <laughs> watched. Plus, so Mr. Can... Magoo, though, right? You told me Magoo. Yes, Mr. Magoo is number one on my list of, of adaptations to watch because I've never seen. All it. Right. I'm so excited to talk to you about any. Are you going to watch Christmas the uh, the Fraser Crane musical one? Oh, is that one a musical? It is. I, it's I actually an did... adaptation of the Alan Menken musical. Oh, okay. I actually do have that one written down. I forget. I should watch was... that too. I've never seen it on any of the streaming services that I subscribe to, or if I might have to rent it. But yeah, I did write that one down. Anyway, so uh, Rizzo says, rats don't understand these things. Gonzo says, you were never a lonely child. And Rizzo says, I had 1,274 brothers and sisters. Now, I think we're going to have some stuff to say about this, but I wanted to start out by saying, I was pretty sure that there had been at least one other reference to Rizzo having siblings. So I checked Muppet Wiki, which is, hey. the, yeah, the best source of Muppet information. And um, sure enough, offspring. In, in a tweet, yeah, yeah. So in a tweet from 2015, Rizzo said he had three uh, 3,800 siblings. 
So presumably between the time of this movie and 2015, Rizzo's parents had 2,526 more kids. He has, wow. Yeah, he has that many more <laughs> siblings. There is also an episode of the recent Muppet Babies series that introduced Rizzo's older brother, whose name is Vinny Linguini. And who is I not I, seen that? And who is that I, pop star? I, yeah. I bungled a question about that on the Hubba Walk. Oh yeah, you were in that one. Because oh. yeah. I did not remember that. Wow. That that episode has aired? All, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's that episode the is out. family dinner episode of Hubble Walk. Right, yeah, right, right. With okay. me and Matthew Soberman. Yeah, okay. So everyone should go listen to that if they haven't yet. You should. Um, yeah, Vinny Linguini, though. I just love that name. It's, it's. I don't know why Rizzo's last name is apparently The Rat, and his brother's last name is Linguini. It, it, it's implied that it's a stage name. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> makes so much sense. Uh, in addition to various other relatives of Rizzo's that have been mentioned over the years that are documented on the Muppet Relatives page on the wiki, uh, in the Andy McDowell episode of Muppets Tonight, he mentions having 121 kids of his own. Oh my. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of wild. And to, to, to paraphrase Mel Brooks in the 2000 year old man, 121 kids. And not one comes to visit him. <laughs> no, we've never seen any of Rizzo's kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the, he didn't bring any of them to take your kids to work day on the... the, the I think ABC his niece come. and nephew show up in the Cindy Crawford episode. Oh, right, because the balloons oh, thing. With the yeah. balloons gag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, are they stated to be his niece and nephew? Yeah. I think one of them says Uncle Rizzo. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, so a lot of lot of Rizzo relatives, um, and then my curiosity got the better of me, and I googled how many babies do rats have. I and, did the same thing. Yeah, was it the same phrase? Uh, no, I was looking up like birth rate of rats <laughs> and yeah, such. That's what we do here. We're we're information seekers as well as as well as uh, documenters. So from various sources, I learned that mother rats can give birth to anywhere from 5 to 18 pups for per litter. I found various different numbers, but... Um, That's what I saw, yeah. They can birth six litters a year. So if some of Rizzo's brothers and sisters are half-siblings from different fathers, it is definitely possible for him to have 1,274 or even 3,800 brothers and sisters. Um, <laughs> I, I did not look into it any more than that but shane did you have additional information on rat uh birth no i found the number that uh, i found almost exactly the same kind of thing you did so i'm i'm gonna read from quality assurance magazine.com <laughs> great so this is this is brown rats specifically and rizzo is brown yeah. therefore i assume he is a brown rat he's probably a brown rat they can have a uh, between five and ten rat pups per litter between three and six litters per lifetime and then they only live they say they only live about like one to two years oh so okay rizzo's mom would have to get really busy really quickly yeah okay in order to so... produce over a thousand babies <laughs> so maybe it's not so feasible but then you're talking about you know rizzo a rat who has been around a, for like a rat who can talk now. and work yeah, in a restaurant too. Without yes. violating any health codes whatsoever. Yes, all of that. He doesn't wear so. pants, though. <laughs> he doesn't. True, true. So that's that's in our Google uh, search histories forever now. I, I'm going to get ads for something, and I don't know what, <laughs> but I'm terrified. Yes. <laughs> so here's all I put about this, was Rizzo is apparently from this era, right? He's selling apples on the street at the start. Uh, I guess so. Do we think... Any of Rizzo's 1,274 brothers and sisters work for Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, it seems likely, right? Maybe the one who sounds, the the one that's performed by Steve Whitmire, who sounds so similar to Rizzo, that's is like Rizzo's brother. That's one of his many brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Works for yeah. me. In fact, we, did we, we may have speculated we about that did. already. We probably know. did, yeah. 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 Well, one of them could be Vinny Linguini. One of them? Yes, <laughs> yes. He just, he just blew this wide open. <laughs> It's a before they were stars, yeah. Like, yeah. did you know that before Vinny Linguini was a pop star, he was just a a bookkeeper playing the small England? role as a, a bookkeeper? Yeah, wow. Over two hundred years ago, <laughs> amazing. So, I I also wanted to note though that Kermit has even more siblings, according to various Muppet sources. 
he has cited uh, several different numbers over the years, but MuppetWiki has documented instances where Kermit has claimed to have 4,365, 2,353, 3,400, and 3,284 siblings. Those are all different numbers of siblings that Kermit has has brought up. So he, I so, guess he just can't keep track of how many he has. No, here's why that makes sense. Kermit is in the movie Kermit Swamp Years, the hit film. He yeah. doesn't have any siblings in that picture. Zero. He's an only child. He does, isn't yeah, there he does. a scene where there's a bunch of like frogs running around in the background? or He does have siblings. Oh, okay. Proud to a note that there's... I don't remember anything about that movie. <laughs> Never mind. No one should. Yeah, it's nothing. It basically doesn't it's exist. It's been so long since it's I saw a, that. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse to have he, this information. He still could be the first born. First one, yeah. Well, we'll cover it on the podcast someday as a bonus episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. we'll do a bonus we episode. Won't do a, we won't years. do two minutes at a time. Goggles and croaker. So, the ghost of Christmas past suggests looking at another Christmas from Scrooge's past at his, in his school days. Scrooge says they were all very much the same. Nothing changed. She says, you changed. And then there's this uh, time lapse that takes about 20 seconds of this clip of Scrooge getting older. He's always alone in the classroom. He's just kind of going about his business, doing various things around the classroom. He looks out the window. He picks up an abacus because they didn't have calculators in those days. He reads some books like he carries a, a, a stack of pretty large books over to his desk. Uh, he's doing some heavy reading over the Christmas break. Um, I do like the way this is filmed or edited, where the image of the previous Scrooge kind of sticks around on the screen for a few seconds yeah, they, before they trail in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice effect. I assume they just kind of locked down the camera and and just filmed all the various. Oh, I think yeah. it's like three different Scrooges, maybe four. Yeah, I also noticed there's a clock on the wall that is at 11.30, and it never changes. I noticed that, too. Yeah, so apparently we're seeing what Scrooge is doing at exactly 11.30 on Christmas Eve for all of these years. Well, I was going to say, because they change stuff on the walls, and on top of that, I don't know, that bookcase. Like, the globe on top and the picture on the wall, those all change, but the clock doesn't. Oh, oh like other things in the room change? Yeah. Oh, so on top of that, yeah, there's a globe that like shifts from the edge to the middle. The picture huh. on the wall becomes like a map of England. And I was just wondering, so if they changed all the stuff on the wall surrounding the clock, did they intend to leave the clock at 1130? Or did they just like forget and just it was just a total accident? Are you talking about the the staff at the school or the, I'm thinking the, the set dressers of the set dressers? Movie? Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess... Huh. Well, obviously, I didn't notice any of these other things. I was so fixated on the clock. So maybe they just thought nobody would notice, or maybe they just figured, yeah, okay, it's 11.30 every time we see him here. I don't know. That is very interesting <laughs> to me. <laughs> so, uh... Oh, and then as this is happening, Gonzo starts saying, the years performed their terrible dance. And in a moment, Scrooge had seen his entire childhood pass. So that, this sounds like a, a line that I would have previously assumed came from Charles Dickens, especially the part where he says, the years performed their terrible dance. Uh -huh. But from doing this season of the podcast, I have learned <laughs> that about two thirds of what I think came from Dickens, was actually written by Jerry Jewell for this movie. So, Anthony, I hope you have the answer, but I am guessing that the years performed their terrible dance is not in the book. Uh, you are correct. And ha. not a single word of Gonzo's speech is in the book, in fact. Okay. Do you want to hear what he says? Because it, it's like, it's in, again, as we've talked about, in spirit it matches. Uh, but what is interesting to me is that in the book, this like passage of time before their eyes absolutely is in the book. So okay. the, the entire passage is Scrooge's former self grew larger at the words and the room became a little darker and more dirty. The panels shrunk, the windows cracked, fragments of plaster fell out of the ceiling and the naked lathes hmm. were shown instead. 
But how all this was brought about, Scrooge knew no more than you do. He only knew that it was quite correct, that everything had happened so, that there he was, alone again, when all the other boys had gone home for the jolly holidays. Wow. The thing is, though, <laughs> how many years could this possibly be? Like, how, old, how old is Scrooge? It's at least four. Yeah, I, I would say... Or three, maybe. At least, at least four. One, two... It's at least three. Yeah. And then it's graduation day by the end of the time lapse. So, like, you c- maybe, I don't know, he could be as old as 10 when it starts, which means eight years have passed, but this whole the whole room is falling apart in that time. <laughs> right. Like, this this seems like some shoddy uh, craftsmanship. Maybe, that was before the building codes. Yeah, maybe it was already old. That's true. I, I just feel like I, I don't know, like, if you went to your old elementary school eight years after you were there as a student it probably wouldn't have like everything falling off the wall and the the lathes poking out or whatever you just said yeah what if it's just uh symbolic to represent the passage of time Mm, could be (laughs) um could be the, the other thing about this in the in the annotated christmas carol michael patrick hearn notes and this this is fascinating to me i hope it's fascinating to you and our listeners as well Dickens remarkably anticipates the magical effect of the motion picture camera. The, uh, like, the idea that, like, he saw the passage of time before his eyes. No one had ever seen the passage of time oh. before their eyes when this right, book was written. Right, right. Like, oh. You know, like, that's not a thing that existed. You, there's no such thing as time exist. lapse. Your montage. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Not, not, not until Rocky. Yeah, right. It exactly. just didn't happen. <laughs> exactly. On film. Um, he, yes, not a lot of people know Rocky was the first montage. Right. He also <laughs> says, this swift acceleration of the world about them is also reminiscent of H.G. Wells's The Time Machine, 1895. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where he sits there and watches the world change in the He's time just machine. watching the yeah. whole, yeah, like over year, like hundreds of years. Hundreds of years, that, right. right. Yeah, and that, that book is 52 years after this one, so. And if I remember correctly, the special effects of the world uh, aging in the 1950-something Time Machine movie, 1960-something Time Machine movie, were done by Don Celine. Oh, is that right? Of, of, yes, of the Muppet Workshop. I don't know exactly what his contributions were, but I just have that fact in my head. Uh, George, so it's uh, approximately true. George Powell, right? Was in was in charge of that. Uh, that sounds right. I think so. He was a puppet guy. Yeah, he was a, a stop motion guy and a puppet guy. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, explains did, why he, Rolf he the dog the movie. appears <laughs> <laughs> for a split second. Yeah, yeah. The, he's he's watching uh, the. The, the world to go by hundreds of years at a time, and then suddenly uh, Ralph the dog and Jimmy Dean. Pop yeah, he up. stops to watch Jimmy Dean. Can we talk about the music over this this shot? Because I really like this music. Sure. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. Like it's it's not sad because Scrooge is kind of feeling sad seeing himself get older alone in this room. But it's like it's almost how would you describe it? It's almost jaunty. Yeah, it's very it's oh it's a little like whimsical in a way. Yeah. It is a little bit. And I think at the very end of the, the little music cue that we hear here, there's like a little um, a little musical phrase that's reminiscent of the song Scrooge from the beginning of the movie. I, I never picked up on that. I might be I may be wrong about that. I might have been imagining it. I'll, I'll go back and, and listen for it and try to cut it into the, yeah. the episode. Yeah, drop it in it. if you can. Yeah. Gonzo remarks what we've been noticing, which is that Scrooge saw his old schoolroom age and decay. And then the nose of the Shakespeare bust on the shelf next to Gonzo and Rizzo falls off, um, which is a neat trick. I thought, okay, there's probably just a wire. Somebody yanked a wire and pulled the nose off. I didn't see one. And also the camera moves around before it happens in a way that you might think that you would see a wire like catch the light but i did not see that happen so i'm not sure how they made 
the nose fall off. Maybe, well, the bottom of the bust is out of frame. So maybe there's something underneath that they can, like, press a button or, like, yank from underneath. Yeah, maybe it's being pushed out from underneath. Yeah, that's a good theory. Hmm. Yeah, they know what they're doing. So then the shelf that the bust is sitting on also uh, ages and decays and starts to fall off the wall, which is a problem for Gonzo and Rizzo because they are also sitting on that shelf. The busts slide all the way down the shelf. It's hard to describe this. I'm I'm moving my hands to show you, but Mm -hmm. the busts slide down the shelf as the, the shelf kind of falls at an angle and Gonzo and Rizzo are pinned to the wall by Shakespeare this is a very quick shot when this happens, actually. Um, I went back and rewatched it several times and also in slow motion because I'm pretty sure that Gonzo and Rizzo are just lifeless, empty puppets for this one extremely quick shot. That would make sense. Which just kind of allows them to, yeah, just allows them to slide down. I think Rizzo is a radio control. Oh, is he moving? He moves his mouth just a little. Oh, like, okay. Let out that yelp. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're probably right. And we know that there is a radio-controlled Rizzo in this, but... I couldn't tell you. I can't remember where it is, but I'm sure that it's in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think we've commented on that. Maybe when he's standing on the gate. That would make sense. That could be. Yeah. You want to know what I think about when Gonzo and Rizzo get pinned against the wall? Of course. Yes. It's pretty funny. It is, I'm for it. I'm into it. (laughs) Yes, thank you for reminding us that this movie is also funny <laughs> yeah. and not just full of things for us to scrutinize and, and theorize on. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it is very, yeah, it's very well done. It's very, very funny and slapsticky. Um, they're so good at that in this movie. Like, there's so many poignant, dramatic moments, but then there's they always know exactly when to you know, pop back in with something funny. Well, and it's kind of remarkable how well it balances that. Like, yeah, it would be so easy for the, as we've discussed, it would be so easy for the Gonzo and Rizzo stuff in this movie to feel forced or to feel like now it's time for the comic. Like, like, like you mentioned the Ernie and Bert stuff in Elmo and Grouchland kind of feels like that. Yeah. You know, and the, and these guys, I don't know. They somehow it, it all feels relatively natural and most of it is very funny and it, it yeah it, it's like a back and forth yeah it's just magic yeah this the, the story and then the, the funny guns and rizzo stuff yeah it, it works really well then we hear a voice saying so master scrooge and who is whose voice is that it's sam the eagle whoa he's playing scrooge's headmaster hey eagle we like that guy from tv so yes <laughs> uh, can i can i say something about sam here yeah. I was thinking about how this is easily his biggest role in the movies so far. Yes. And I, I went back to double check, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the first three movies, he has a total of four lines of dialogue. Wait, wait, let me think. Yeah. Um. Wait, what is, okay, I don't, what does he say in the Muppet he has, movie? He has one line in the Muppet movie, in the screening room. He, sa- he says, uh, I hope this movie has socially redeeming value. Right. Yeah. In The Great Muppet Caper, he says, uh, you are all weirdos, and it is times like this that make me proud to be an American. Yep. Mm-hmm. Something to that so, effect. So that's three. And, and then he has an end me. He has an end me, that's true. So, so, oh, so, yes. So yes. five, that's true. He has an end me. I, that's true. And then one one in, in Manhattan. Is it just the line in the yes, song at the, the wedding? Line in the song at the wedding. Yeah. Which is... He does... Can't we start without can't, them? Can't we start without them? Yeah. And then yeah, you yeah. could count... Okay. Hmm, as another line because he, mm, he kind of yeah. goes hmm after the newsman says no you can't until they're here but yeah but still like he's he, yeah. he's barely in any of them is my point right you know and at this particular time he was not so he was in muppet vision 3d he has one of the most famous and oft quoted lines from that about uh, the the glorious three-hour finale is salute to all nations but mostly america but oh, right. yeah, he's yeah. not really, he's not in uh, Muppets of Walt Disney World at all, is he? No. no. I mean, he's yeah. he's very memorably so. used in Muppet Family Christmas, right? He's, yes. He says, yes. is nothing oh, sacred and, and yeah. why am I here? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. One of his best lines yeah, ever, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he had not done much for a few years, though, I guess, before this. Right. Other than Muppet Vision. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great to see him, and I think 
this role works well for him. I guess I should ask, though, Anthony, is there a headmaster in the book? Even? There is a headmaster in the book. Okay. And is the headmaster also an eagle? He's a he, he's a human <laughs> being, uh-huh. and as far as we know, but um, he is a twist. He is described as ha- they hear a terrible voice in the hallway. Oh, he, it is said that he glared on Master Scrooge with a ferocious condescension and threw him into a dreadful state by shaking hands with him. So this is like a very huh. intimidating man who's wishing Scrooge goodbye. He gives uh, Scrooge and his sister Fan. Uh, wine and pound cake as part of the farewell, oh. which was apparently customary, according to the notes in the annotated, was customary for uh, children like leaving leaving boarding school, graduating. Huh. Like, it, it the book describes it as being like usually bad, like well known for being like bad <laughs> dr- wine and dry cake. It's it's boxed wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are we assuming that they're 18 when they're graduating boarding school, or was it a, like it might maybe it was a younger maybe age? Maybe younger. Yeah, days. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because hmm. I cannot tell what age Scrooge is here. Yeah, he. Yeah, he doesn't look. He doesn't 18, look. I guess he's a teenager, but yeah, he looks early teens. He doesn't look. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But he's ready to to go out into the world, I guess. Um, also, I could go for some pancake. That sounds good. Sure. Nobody nobody gave me pound cake when I graduated. <laughs> you probably had a cake at your graduation reception. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I had to guess. Actually, somebody gave you sheet you know cake, what the, probably. Well, I no, I can I'm just remembering the day that I graduated college, uh my family uh, took me to Krispy Kreme to get donuts. Nice. So, yeah, that was pretty great. So, um yeah, no, but Sam has this the, Sam the Eagle as a character has this love of decency and order uh so that that pairs pretty nicely with at least this version the movie's version of the headmaster who's all about hard work and and uh, staying focused and all that right oh by the way um before we get off the topic of young scrooge i just wanted to talk about a dumb thing i saw on google oh good because i was trying to determine the names of the actors who play young scrooge and i'm sure they're out there but like the wiki page for ebenezer scrooge doesn't list them I couldn't. Dif- yeah, that didn't even occur to me. Didn't, couldn't differentiate an IMDb <laughs> between like which is which, you know, because they aren't really. But uh, if you Google Young Scrooge actors Muppet Christmas Carol, you know how the, you know the questions on Google. Mm-hmm. One of them it says, "Who played Young Scrooge in Muppets?" And the answers listed <laughs> are Jim Carrey, Alistair Sim, Patrick Stewart, Tom Hanks, Michael Caine, <laughs> Guy Pearce. <laughs> And wow. I, I don't think any of those are accurate. It's a wonder what makeup can do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, really. When the Google AI uh, doesn't understand the assignment. Right. Also, Tom Hanks in Polar Express was, was one of the answers, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, now I'm wondering, though, are they credited in the end credits of this movie? Yes, they are. Um, are they like Young Scrooge, number one, number two, number see. three? Let me look it up on IMDb real quick. Oh, I I have it. You do. Shane has it. Yeah, they're they're all they're all just young Scrooge. Right, that's what I saw earlier. It yeah, them all out mm. in order. Yeah. Okay. Should I say names or? Please let's let's sure. let's shout them out. Oh, I don't. I see. I don't know who's who. I'm. These don't appear to be in an alphabetical order, so I'm guessing this is the order in which they do appear. Okay. So Raymond Coulthard. So Raymond Coulthard, I know, is the young adult Scrooge. He's like the meets Belle at the at the Christmas party Scrooge. Ah, uh, yeah. Because okay. we'll, we'll we'll talk uh, about him later. I mean, he's he's worked pretty regularly. We haven't got he's got a yet. he's got a meaty part. Yeah. Uh, then there's Russell Martin. Okay. Theo Sanders, Christopher Millen, Milnes, and that's Christopher with a K. Nice. Hmm. And then Edward Sanders. So. Who's who is somebody's guess. Right, and that's what I mean. Like okay. I, I mean, I yeah. I didn't know which one was Patrick Stewart and which one was Guy Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah, we so we and we don't know what their other credits, any of these any of these guys. It doesn't I'm sure they have them. It doesn't look like any of them did too much very noteworthy. Alright. Well, they do a good job uh looking out the window and, and carrying an abacus in this movie. I believe them when they carry those books. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Sam lets us know that it's graduation day, which also explains why he's wearing a robe and a graduation cap, although maybe the headmaster just dresses like that every day. Who knows? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam has some lines here that when he's talking to Scrooge, young Scrooge that are drowned out by grown-up Scrooge talking to the, the spirit and by Gonzo and Rizzo struggling to push the busts off of themselves. I watched this little uh, section over and over again, trying to hear what Sam was saying. I could not make out any of it. I assume that it's nothing funny or noteworthy, but He's, I, I did not even try. I, if yeah, I had okay. to guess, Sam is saying, I went to the store for a can of beans. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, yes, you must uh, go out into the world and build your life on the foundation of going to the store for some beans. So. Or maybe asking if he saw the remake of uh, the Stepford Wives. Oh, yeah. I hope so. A f- a f- Especially because a that didn't even Frank exist. Yet. Movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone should really remake the Stepford Wives. Yep. Let's see. House Sitter must have come out before this, right? Yeah, it did. That was his most recent movie. House Sitter is ninety one. That's ninety two. That's June of ninety two. So same year. But oh, right about, before this, about six months earlier. Okay. Yeah. So. So that's, that's that was before was I think about. they filmed this, so it could have made it in. Yeah, right. He was- so Sam is like, so you see, young Ebenezer, Goldie Hawn moves in with Steve Martin. <laughs> Hijinks ensue. <laughs> I don't remember the actual plot of that. No, movie. that's that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. So, um, uh, grown-up Scrooge says that the headmaster taught him his most important lesson, and we do hear that. Uh, Sam starts saying, ah, yes, work hard, work long, and be constructive. Yes. So as Frank Oz is wont to do, he is wringing every possible uh, bit of, of expressiveness out of uh, his one scene as this character in the movie. Right. So that, this man taught me my greatest lesson. I I wonder if that wasn't originally, in the script at least, a cue for the song. Because Sam, uh, yeah, Sam yeah. had a deleted song here. Do we want to talk about that? Do we want to save it for next time? You know, I didn't have it in my notes for this week, but if you do, yeah, go well, for just it. I, th- I figured you were going to talk about it next week because that's when Sam has a little bit more, right? To do. Yeah, and we can save it. We can just we can just acknowledge here that Sam had a deleted song called "Chairman of the Board," and that feels like a song cue to me, knowing that there was a song. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good place to to cut to the song. Yeah. All right, yes, we will talk more about that next week. Stay tuned. Sam has a lot more oomph, I think, in this scene than he's, like, ever had in anything before. He's very animated. He's very excited to be talking about hard work and such. Like, I think, like, his like his lectures on The Muppet Show, he's, like, he's excited about that, but he's very, like, res- he's reserved about it. You're right, it. yeah. You know, he's kind of, kind of like, this. I have an idea of what we should do. For yeah. this, like that kind of demeanor. Whereas here, he's like, "Wow, look at you, my beaming boy!" Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're right. He's so excited, and that really makes me think of how Eric Jacobson performs Sam these days. Where Sam, his Sam, is kind of stoic, but he's also a lot more like the Sam in this movie, where he's got more, mm. a little more life in him, but he's still kind of like the stick in the mud. So maybe this is where, right. maybe this is what Eric Jacobson is basing it on. Yes, and in this, Sam playing a different character. Well, but I think <laughs> in a movie is. But I think that we're going to see this same Sam in in Treasure Island playing a different different character. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. He's still more sort of energized. Yeah, I guess it's just the 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 pivot because Sam. Yeah, that's interesting. Sam doesn't have a lot to do in the nineties. No, you're right. I mean, aside from these, aside from the two, he has his own Muppets Tonight segment, but sort of after that, he doesn't get a whole lot. Yeah, well, there's also, which I guess the the transition to him being obsessed with patriotism had already started, but that sort of takes over the character. We, I mean, I'm sure we've talked about that before on the podcast, but... Yeah. I'm sure you're going to talk about it next, next week. Next week, when he, when he talks about that, yeah. When he yes. makes his little, his gaff. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's already begun, obviously. Um. So, yeah, the, uh, Sam says... Oh, and and that's where the clip ends. So, well, and what? It could be anything. And go get me a cup of coffee. And did I ever tell you the funny knock knock joke I heard? We don't know. We'll have to wait till next. He's week. He's telling a knock knock joke. It's happening. Yes. <laughs> oh, and listen to this knock knock. <laughs> Who's there? Oh, um. Now I have to come up with something. Is there a knock knock joke about an eagle? Let me think. 
Um, <laughs> I'm trying a blank. Ball. Can you? Bald who? No, it was ball, and then it was going to be ball oh. the eagle. But oh, you misheard eagle. me, so never mind. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well. Uh, okay, anyways. We, we'll keep workshopping. We, yeah. Yeah, we can't all be Fozzie Bear. So, uh, I'm not yeah, sure that's, that's a good thing. Yes. yes. Uh, that's uh, all I have essentially on these two minutes. As far as I know, the headmaster does not appear in Mickey's Christmas Carol or uh, the <laughs> the Flintstones or the Smurfs or Rich Little or any of those. None of it. None of it. Wow. So I, don't have a, I don't think so. I didn't find any, any uh, casting. No, no headmaster. So who would no you headmaster in in Bah Humduck a Looney Tunes <laughs> Christmas Carol? I don't think so. You know, I I wrote down the ones from uh, Bugs Bunny's Looney Christmas Tales, but I actually didn't write down the ones from Bah Humduck. Maybe so, you can have some information on the casting from that. Well, who, who I remember some of them. Who do you want to know? Plays who? Daffy Daffy well, is the Scrooge. Daffy is Scrooge. Uh, who's Bob Cratchit and Marley and the Ghost of Christmas Past? Uh, Bob Cratchit's Porky. Must Pig. be Porky. Yeah, I was okay. going to say. Oh, Marley is Sylvester. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Who's the other one you said? Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past. Past, I think, is Granny and Tweety. That here's huh. the thing: it should be Bosco or Buddy, or they shouldn't even bother <laughs> because they're from the past. Yes, the Fox. obscure old uh, Foxy and Roxy. Yeah, it should characters. be Foxy and Roxy. <laughs> Smile, darling. Yeah, smile. <laughs> it should be Beans the Cat. Be... Oh man, I w- they should make a Looney Tunes movie that's all about Buddy and Beans and Foxy and Roxy and Ham and X and Gabby Goat. Yeah, Gabby Goat. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got their own episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. That's, each. That's true. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that was go their. Can watch that again. That was their time to shine. Remember when? Remember I hope all of our listeners are just as enthusiastic as we are I, about I, Foxy and Roxy. He, and here's here's the thing: there's there's going to be a not insignificant amount of our listeners who are enthusiastic oh, about Foxy and Roxy and <laughs> Buddy and Beans. And, right? Yeah. This so, is for you, whoever you are. Yes, all of you, all of you fellow nerds like us. Yeah, so that's all I have. Any final thoughts on these two minutes, starting with you, Shane? Um, also, if you have any other, like, because you're not going to be here next week, if you have any thoughts on Sam's character or the Ghost of Christmas Past, who appears a little bit in the scene. That puppet really toes the line of neat versus creepy, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think people are kind of divided on that. I think it feels very much like what Jim Henson was doing before he passed away with all the storyteller and the monster maker, like that ghost of Christmas past would fit in perfectly. Yeah. In that kind of setting. Yeah. She could be like a cousin to the death puppet from uh, the soldier and death episode of the storyteller. I am nodding as if I have seen that episode. Oh, that's probably the best episode. That's one of the two best episodes of the storyteller. The other one I would say is Sap Yeah, man. That's what I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> there we go. So that proves it. Those are the ones you got to watch. And uh, since you're going to talk about uh, Chairman of the Board, I think is a fun song. I don't think it necessarily fits in the scene, and I don't mm. think it really would fit in the movie. The same with Room in Your Heart. I think they're both good Muppety songs, but I don't think they tonally work in this movie and in the scenes they were going to be in. That's That's reasonable, I think. Yeah, well, I think we kind of decided room in your heart was a little bit redundant because Scrooge already has people telling him to be nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, obviously they, they didn't even film them. So the, the filmmakers felt the same way. I'm glad that they, they like actually got out there. Yeah. Yeah. The we have the recordings. Yeah. Uh, so Anthony, then any other thoughts on these two minutes or do we have more from the old curiosity shop? I got, I got to all my actual old curiosity shop notes. Um, I have one thing about another adaptation, if that's okay. Yeah. Which we've mentioned, uh, already in this episode, but it's Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, which during this sequence at Ghost of Christmas Past, young Scrooge has a song called Alone in the World, which rules. It is absolutely okay. great. And 
um, while watching these two minutes for this episode, I had that song in my head the whole time. <laughs> you were picturing these was, one of these young Scrooges singing this, yeah, million of millions of grains of sand in the world. Why such a lonely beach? You know, <laughs> awesome. And doesn't old old Mister Magoo sing along? He does. With young Mister Magoo? Magoo sings along with himself. Ooh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which they kind of repurpose. I don't want to say repurpose, but they do that kind of thing again in that song coming up. Mm-hmm. Sort of, kind but, of. But it's yeah, really in a way. Yeah, similar idea. Right, but it's really sweet because the le- as long as you brought it up, Shane, the lyric is, where is a voice to answer mine back? Where are two shoes that click to my clack? Right? And then uh-huh. the next time he sings it, it's young Scrooge sings the first line, or old Scrooge sings the first line, and young Scrooge sings the response, where are two shoes to click to my clack? So they're singing it together. Mm. They did get somebody. It was himself old. <laughs> Oh, himself. Yeah, wow. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol rules. Go watch it. Like, just shut this off. Yeah, I got it. That's stop. something I got. I have to look forward stop to. Stop the episode. Go watch Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol <laughs> and never resume recording this episode because you can't you can't think about anything else. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go right now. Yeah. Or we'll just keep it recording on forever. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> the whole episode would just be us going about our daily lives yep. for the rest of... It'll be a time. Our life. It'll be time lapse of us like putting things on shelves and stuff, like Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> taking out the trash. Yep. All right, but no, that was it. I just wanted to say I'm, that. I was, no, I was just wondering how long I should stay silent to try to fool the listeners into thinking that I had actually left <laughs> to go watch the <laughs> Christmas. Ryan is, here's uh, Ryan. No, maybe, here, you can hear coming through you know, your house from the background. Gotta be back, back, back on Broadway. <laughs> you can hear it coming from your house yeah. right now. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, maybe it, it's it's like an hour right yeah it's, so, it's like and it's it's a long hour it's like 52 minutes i mean it's okay. it's from 1962 yeah. it rules it's the greatest thing ever made maybe by the time we record the next episode i'll i'll cross that one off the list I, there's no reason for me not to it'll be so sick watch it, watch, <laughs> I'll let it you know. watch it in october i hope so man oh yeah of course i mean that's this is what we're doing mm-hmm. all year it's talking about christmas right and that was uh everything uh you had anthony that was it that was more okay. than enough, so yes. <laughs> then, uh, Shane, as you may know, we like to ask all of our guests, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Where do you rank it alongside the other Muppet movies? And do you watch it every year around the holidays? So I do not remember the first time that I saw this movie. It was the only Muppet thing that we had on tape. Because I was much more of a Sesame Street kid, so we had like a dozen ah. Sesame Street tapes, but Muppet Christmas Carol was the only Muppet thing that okay. we had. So I'm sure I don't even... Are, are you talking like Sesame Street home video releases? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. And then like all the other Muppet movies and specials, like I had taped off TV, but this was like the only, for the longest time, this was the only officially released Muppet thing that I had. Okay. I and I like I said I cannot tell you the first time I saw it, but I watched it a lot as a kid and it, I really liked it. <laughs> where well, uh, where does it rank? I'm going to I think maybe number 3. All right. Number 1 is Great Muppet Caper. Ah, uh, good. That's a great one. Muppet Movies number Caper 2 boy. and then this one's probably a solid number 3. <laughs> yes, another Caper Boy. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good top 3. Caper Boy, that's yeah, that's one for the glossary. <laughs> yes. And then and, there was uh, another. You, there was, oh, yes. It, do I watch uh, it around every, the holidays? Yeah, every year. You got to watch it every year. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So with that, then, we can close things out for this episode. Everyone, please make sure you check out toughpigs.com. Everywhere you can find it online, on social media and everywhere. Thanks to Morgan Davey for our logo. Uh, if you would like to support this nonsense, you can do so uh, via our Patreon at patreon.com slash toughpigs. You can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. I'm on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. Anthony is on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. So please follow us in those places. Shane, please tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at sock drawer, which is like a sock drawer, but minus the C. So S O K drawer. You can also follow me 
as Sockjor on. I'm also on Letterboxd. You can follow me there as Sockjor. And you can also follow One Muppetational Shot on Twitter, which is a oh, thing yes. that I do. At It's at One Muppet Shot. Yeah, that's a very cool Twitter account where you just... It's uh, like one one perfect shot, but yes. with all Muppety things. Everything is, is Muppety. Yeah, notable freeze frames from from muppet things and yeah your your letterboxd um your reviews are are quite uh concise and pithy Mm -hmm. oh i'm so bad at letterboxd no you're no you're good at it i'm so i'm not good at it i'm not good at analyzing i'm not good at like reading into movies and explaining my opinion that's not my my review of pop my review of popeye popeye was one word remind me (laughs) nope (laughs) <laughs> spinach oh <laughs> see that's good no i, I did think not like you're, it you're talking about the, the the robert altman movie yeah 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 um no you're you're mis you're misunderstanding what letterboxd is for it's not to write long analysis it's to just like throw down your opinion about a movie so everyone can see what it is yeah that's what that website but is also for. if you but if you want to write a long analysis you can and some you know you're, you'll find somebody who will read it i try not to uh, Right, exactly. That's there, how you choose to use it. There are two people who I do not know. I have no idea who they are, but they like almost every one of my reviews, and I do uh, not understand why. Because they're big Marshall Grover <laughs> so, fans. Well, oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. Shout, <laughs> shout out to you two. There you go. Well, hopefully after this, more people will follow you on Letterboxd and like all of your reviews. Mm-hmm. I think I did get a slight bump when I said that on Hubba once, so oh. maybe, maybe this time I'll get another bump. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can people so. can see what I think about uh, Zombieland Double Tap when I get around to watching that. <laughs> it's coming up. Uh, I okay. I assume that's a sequel to Zombieland. It I is. don't know. Okay, yeah, that was the I did like ten years that, later so. sequel. I'm out of the loop. Um, yeah, you can use Letterbox anyway. And I'm just thinking. Uh, Anthony once wrote a review of Godzilla raids again, which I think just said something like. He does it. He raids again. Or something <laughs> Bro, like that. that sounds like me. I didn't say anything about the ankylosaur. Really? I didn't? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I that's to go back. That's almost verbatim what I said about Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. She does it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does. She Let's does? See. I'm going to look it it's up. It's true. Let's see. Godzilla right. raids. He does. Oh, okay. he does it. It's right there on the tin. Yeah, that's what I put. All right. Oh, right there on the tin. Okay. Wait, that's a, that's a pretty British expression, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. I was probably, I was yeah. probably watching Doctor Who or something. No, I was probably go. watching Hammer movies, actually, because it was probably October when I watched that thing. The Hammer horror movies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, also, listeners, uh, please uh, leave us a positive review if there's somewhere that you can leave us a positive re- review. We do check those periodically, and it makes us uh, very happy when we see a five-star review. And please tell everyone you know about the show. Tell all four ages of Scrooge that you listen to this podcast moving right along and we'll see you again next week for another episode goodbye tell all 1274 brothers and sisters ah that's what I should have said (laughs) (laughs)